Oh, <laughs> this is a song Are we Hagar-ing or I prefer yeah. Hagar. <laughs> are we are we are we Hagaring or are we uh Oh yeah 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 ah, Woo <laughs> Yes, Let's those go. those YouTube videos where they take all the music out and they just have like either Eddie Vedder or Hagar and they're just like I like Van Halen, not Van Hagar. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Zach, are we recording? We're recording right now. So um, we got uh, through that last one, but it was really really long. It was a little bit long. So here's the question. Do you want a toothpaste commercial or do you want 120 minutes? <laughs> 120 minutes of raw, unchanged, unformatted content. Can we just keep on referencing Christopher Guest movies like every time yes. now? <laughs> yeah, we should. What is it? Something, something, some for keeping, some for sitting. Oh, <laughs> stools? Because <laughs> the town keeping. of Blaine <laughs> makes stools and they had to make a musical about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a great movie. So good. Okay. Are you ready to do episode two? Are you two? ready to rock? <laughs> yes, I am. Man, we're going to talk about some interesting ones. Yeah, we Can't are. Can't wait. <laughs> okay. Let's do it. I'm Zach. And I'm Colin. And I'm Steven. And, and welcome to, to the Houseplants Plants Podcast. <laughs> and that's right. We've got Steven again. And if you don't remember him from last time, go back and re-listen to that episode again. Give us an additional download just for his intro. He won't yeah. be doing it again. But just to intro, Stephen, why don't you go ahead and do it again? Uh, my name is Stephen <laughs> McFerrin, and I exist. There oh, you and you can check that intro out. Last time. Le- yeah, exactly. We didn't just take the MP3 file and just, like, splice it in. I'm just that good. It was done live. You know what we're here to talk about today, Zach? M- music. Media. And the mission of Jesus. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah, boom, yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The triple threat. Sometimes. Yep. You know, that's Lots a trinity, and then we believe in the trinity. So uh, music is kind of like the father. Mm-hmm. Uh, media <laughs> is kind of like the son. And the mission of Jesus is kind of like the Jesus father and son spirit. <laughs> all right. Yeah, it all kind of falls apart, but. We're tired. That's all <laughs> I'm good. tired anyway. I won't speak for We're talking about way. movies today, uh, but first we're going to open it up with a little bit of a rock Slash worship song. That we I did wrote. some rock last time as well. Yeah. Which is pretty fun. We're rocking out a little bit right now. Zach is digging into that awesome mm. brain of his and pulling out some originals. So what's this yeah. one about? This one's called See Me Through, and I don't remember what it's about. Just kidding. It's about. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been funny if you just started playing. <laughs> it, it's about the love of Jesus, basically, and um, how God sees us through. So Let's it's do called it. See Me Through. to 
Kratzer music, but it was like right after college and that after dissonant the, rock era. Yeah, it was. It was after Imperfect Metamorphosis was done, and there's like, I mean, this could be like a B side to that album. There's a couple other songs I wrote that are like that. So yeah, I like it. I remembered it from when we used to do worship, and so I was like, 
Call it back. Did that one at like one of the concerts at some point? I know. Hey yo, yeah. see me through. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm still here. Come yeah. on back. <laughs> That's a good song. Yep. Cool. All right. So, so we're talking about new movies. We've entered mm. a different period in Christian film altogether, haven't we? We are jumping forward to 2000 and beyond, yep. which is going to be pretty interesting. Yeah. Zach, we had Stephen pray last time. Which one of us is up? I think it's me. I think Why don't we cast lots? <laughs> All right, you go ahead. No, pray. that's you can only do that to win a robe that will burn you if you're not a Christian. <laughs> OK, good. <laughs> All right, let's pray. Cool. Father, thank you so much um, for allowing us to get together, talk with each other and learn more about you. I pray, Lord, that you would give us a fruitful and productive conversation, that you would um, just speak to us and that you would speak to the people listening. Um, And as we examine these movies, um, Lord, let us not be so hasty and judgmental, but also um, let us give critique where necessary. And um, hopefully we can have a kingdom outlook on all this. It's in your son's holy and precious name. Amen. 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 Yeah, man. Okay. So we're going to get into it. We're starting with like the granddaddy of oh modern my. Christian Well, we film. did it with Ben-Hur from the last episode. Okay. I was like, why are Fair we starting enough. with Ben-Hur? Fair enough. Here's the thing, though. Everybody who's listening, I'm sorry in advance <laughs> because I am a weird stickler. I think you guys might remember me being kind of a stickler for modern worship music as well. I'm an, I'm not going to be all hateful, but I'm going to clearly and concisely uh, voice my concerns. And I'm sorry if that is a movie that you very much <laughs> like that I can, am concerned about. But go ahead, Zach, what are we doing first? All right, we're starting with the Big Mac Daddy of all modern Wait, Christian are we films. Are we talking about Let Heaven's Roar? Let heaven Let roar. fire fall. Let fire fall. Yes. A newsboy gave me a newspaper and on it, it said um, that there was a lion yeah. living on the inside or something like that. Roaring like a lion. <laughs> yeah. You have to get that roar out there, especially yeah. if you have youth in your church. Yeah. You want to get them to roar when it comes to that part. So we are talking right. about God's, God's not, not dead. dead. Not God's not dead two and three, which exist. God's not dead two. And then God's not dead colon title which is interesting i'm sorry I'm one sorry. of them has ernie hudson in it interesting yeah, oh interesting. yes <laughs> he's but, good in everything yes yeah so yeah and you know there's a lot of good actors i like kevin sorbo i really do kevin like kevin sorbo, sorbo is great. good so i like is, him so is dean kane yeah yeah mm-hmm. lois and clark yeah. so who wants to talk about god's not dead who knows who knows the ins and outs of this movie i've seen this movie a few times um so i've seen almost all it. of it so it's it's kind of an ensemble kind of cast. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like almost like a love actually. There's like different plots. Yeah, I would compare it to that. And they all come together. Yeah. I thought that would be a funny comparison. <laughs> yeah, I would compare it to love actually in about See, the same weight. You know what I you know what I immediately It's about the thought. same importance to film. Yeah, right. <laughs> I immediately thought trick or treat. Have you guys seen trick or treat? No. Oh, okay. Never mind. It's a isn't it's that a horror movie? It is a horror yeah, yeah, yeah. movie. I think I think is I have it seen an it. ensemble kind of thing. It, it's it's like it's, an anthology movie that just barely yeah. ties together. A There's little a lot bit. of movies like Magnolia, okay. like a lot of movies. Magnolia, do that. yes. Yeah. God's Not Dead is the Magnolia of Christian film. <laughs> oh man, here we go. No, it's it's not. All right, so what's <laughs> all right? So Zach, what's God's okay. Not Dead about? So um, I guess plot A, if you want to call it that, is this evangelical kid who goes to college and. He meets Hercules, which is a <laughs> professor. 
in his like, what is it? It's like a philosophy class. And it's a philosophy class. And and yeah. the first thing he does is get the students to all sign a paper, a, paper. a waiver yeah. that says God is dead. Let's just get this out of the way. Yeah. Flagrantly yeah. illegal. <laughs> right. That's the first thing. It's like, OK, well, you know, obviously in this movie's logic, um, he is a terrible human because he is an unbeliever. <laughs> so he's awful. Um, he's ignorant, closed off to everything. And he forces right. the children to sign yeah. stuff they don't need to sign. Right. In college. Um, so there's another character. She's like a reporter and she's an atheist and she's trying to like give the business to some Christians, but then she finds out that she has like stage four cancer and she's going to die. And she's dating Dean Kane. Dean Kane is another terrible human being in this <laughs> film. And he, upon finding out that his girlfriend has stage four cancer, he immediately dumps her. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, yeah. And there's, <laughs> there's a few others. There's a, what a um, jerk. there's a Muslim girl who's also a college student. And she's like secretly listening to like the Bible in podcast form Mm -hmm. and going against her father's wishes. And there's some other stuff, too. There's like a pastor played by David A.R. White, who's like a Christian comedian. And like he does some stuff. He's like praying for people or whatever. And so he gives the main character some advice. Um, Isn't there also a like a businessman that's uh, in his um, mother? Yeah, that's Dean Cain. Yeah. yeah, his mother mm-hmm. does have dementia, though, right? Yeah, yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, isn't he like the? I don't want to spoil too much, but isn't I mean, Dean Cain okay. the only one that doesn't have a redemption arc at all? Yeah, I'd, I yeah. think he stays a bad guy. Yeah. You know, you know, all anti-Christians, if they don't become Christian, are just jerks, and yes. you know they'll never get better. Right? Yeah. So <laughs> if, if, the, if the God's not dead theology doesn't turn you into a Christian, you are lost forever. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't. Like, doesn't the uh, reporter lady, she's got, like, really offensive bumper stickers on the back of her car or something, something like, like that. that? I don't she, know. She tries to play gotcha with um, Willie from Duck Dynasty at one point. Oh, yeah. So she interviews him, <laughs> and he's playing himself. And so he's like, what? I, I ain't a vegan, but that's okay, because I love God. I just love God, and I support guns, and I'm a cool guy. <laughs> And she's like, oh, so you, you're saying you support guns? And he's like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> and strangely, he doesn't do a good job playing himself. Oh, man. <laughs> you think he, uh, his portrayal of Willie Robertson. Oh, interesting. Oh, fun, little, fun little side fact for everybody who's like a hardcore movie buff from like the old movies and stuff. Um, Buster Keaton entered into a Buster Keaton lookalike contest and didn't even make the semifinals. <laughs> I'm not kidding. This was like, the, yeah. like maybe like a year or two after, yeah. uh, I'm trying to remember if it was the general or whatever big yeah. movie he had come out. Yeah. Black and white movie. So there you go. Sometimes yeah. you can't portray yourself. Well, is all yeah. I was trying to say there. So we're, we're not really doing spoilers in this one, but yeah, everybody learns a lesson about God. Let's right. say, um, yeah. So, I think this movie could have been a lot better than it was um, just because it, it really kind of went the route of propaganda. And I almost, well, I almost kind of feel like a douche saying that. (laughs) Well, let's, let's look at, let's look at the idea of propaganda since we, we, we came out of the classic movies last time. Yeah. Um, If propaganda 
if the idea of that is to try and push a specific agenda through the use of like themes and like yeah. characters and stuff, then almost every movie has some form of propaganda. But what you're sure. talking mm-hmm. about is very uh, blatant. Yeah, there's forced like theology. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there's a bit of a difference between this and something like, you know, we talked about the robe. Mm-hmm. And the robe is just a good narrative story that has a redemption arc of somebody struggling and comes to Christ. And it presents that Christianity as the point of view. Um, this one really kind of like almost demonizes like the non-Christians. Sure. And um, it's very like I I don't think it was made for anybody who wasn't a Christian. Like mm-hmm. that's something we talked about last time, too, which is that those movies were made yeah. for the entire audience. They made money they they had a big yeah. theatrical release they were made for every yeah. uh, person not just and, and i'm sure that in the 50s there was atheists probably like a, mm. maybe not as big a number as today i'm not sure about that yeah but at least it was shown as just a movie and, and not, part of that is cultural christianity has gone away since then yeah so now in the modern era like there is more of like a separation but i still think that I, I don't want to see movies like make that worse. I want know? I want any yeah. atheist who's listening to this podcast to tell me that Jars of Clay's Flood is a bad song. <laughs> I want to hear you say yeah. that word <laughs> because Jars of Clay was just on the regular radio. I heard it as a kid on alternative yeah. rock radio. Yeah. Didn't even know it was a Christian song until later. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so so what um, what I wanted to say about God's Not Dead, which I'm not going to badger it or anything. But I will say that one of the themes that I'm going to probably talk about a lot through these movies is a your thing of it's geared very specifically to a certain demographic of of common Christianity. But also, I feel like the director and, you know, we're doing two pure flicks films. We're doing this and Woodlong later. But um, the director and maybe the production company itself has this idea of sort of a skewed Christian reality. And I feel like sometimes that can play to the detriment of new Christians or non-Christians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like the portrayal of atheists mm-hmm. is, right. is yeah. not good. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, me and Zach personally know plenty of atheists who are courteous, kind, intelligent, yeah. and uh, uh, considerate to our beliefs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, also are willing to have a civilized discussion about yeah, it. Yeah. And uh, it just seems like, um, and it's not always like, I think the, the message of God's not dead kind of communicates that like, Oh, if they're an atheist, it's because they had some trauma. Sure. Like that's, know, a, that goes yeah. back to the lost thing of yeah. that. I, that I kind of, there uh, are atheists against. out there who just, who haven't experienced like that heartbreak like that. They just, you know, don't believe it. And there's a lot of information yeah. in yeah. the world today. And when yeah. this movie came out, there was it's what mm-hmm. is it? 2014. Yeah. So we had the full fledged Internet. I mean, it wasn't one of those. Yeah. Like, you know, and and I think that God's not dead, though, though I do have those things to say about it. I think that God can use anything just like he can use some of the pop songs I don't like and things. He can use it to inform yeah. a new generation and maybe in a roundabout way, it's sort of kind of like Jesus Christ superstar. It's reaching people who are on like the fence who need that first like step inward. Yeah. Like you were, what were you saying, Stephen, like calls to the people to go look up the mm-hmm. real truth of it later. Yes, yes. 
Um, I do feel like though that if I can, this might be the harshest criticism of the movie from me. That is that there are, there is going to be a big demographic of people who hear about it or actually watch it and say, this is ridiculous. This is, if this is the theology that Christians believe about the world, then I don't want to to be a part of it. Right. I, I do remember we, we hosted a showing of that movie in the ravine when I was working at the Wesley foundation and what I wanted to do, cause I, I didn't really know what the movie was like. Um, but I knew that it was like sort of controversial. So I wanted to make sure that there was somebody like available to answer questions and stuff. So what I did was I had our, I had Ken Southgate, um, and I think somebody else, I think Jeff Prosser too. I think I had that them kind of, really I had them tag team these laptops and I connected like a Google number and I put this thing up signs that said like, if you have a question, but you don't feel comfortable, like walking up to somebody and asking them, you can actually text this number and it went to those laptops. And so the two of them could get on there and like answer questions and stuff. Ah, so okay. they had some pretty interesting conversations with people. Very mm-hmm. cool. So yeah, I would recommend it as like, if you're going to use it as like a, some kind of, evangelism tool like show a movie like this at your church like and you're wanting to get the outside world not just christians to come in make sure that you have somebody like available to like talk through things because right you might you might be able to give somebody a different impression than the movie gives and that's that might be a good thing well we talked yeah. about a, a recent series that we went through called um it, we basically did uh, stepping away yeah stepping in and then stepping up and what we talked about specifically on there is um, how there are certain people that like enjoy the intellectual debate. Yeah. But a good portion of them also just need like caring community. They need yeah. uh, to, to, to feel the Holy spirit reaching out to them. There are a lot of different ways that people come to Christ, right? Yeah. The one way I think that maybe people wouldn't come to Christ is if a Christian tried to debate them in a public forum yeah. to try and like debunk their theory. In real life, and I've seen this almost 100% of the time, I can't say 100%, uh, people are going to double down yeah. on what they believe yeah. and be more closed off. I think there's even research about that. I, yeah. I wouldn't know where to look to find this. but People I remember, don't want to be proven wrong. Yeah, I remember hearing, like, if you argue with somebody, they're going to, like, feel more sure of what they think. And you and I yeah. wrote a song almost exactly about this called Words Aren't Everything. Right. Yeah. And I think that for them to portray debate as an answer to why somebody might be an atheist to like debunk them, I think is kind of dangerous sometimes. I'm not trying to critique the movie as a whole because I think for a lot of people that might have been, there might have been a lot of good topics that were discussed. I think there were some good things that were brought up in the movie for sure. Yeah. Like uh, ideas about like kind of challenging like the evolution notions and stuff. Yeah. Um, those are things that aren't really being spoken elsewhere because it's not popular to say. And I do appreciate that on that level. I just think I wish that they could have changed the characters just a little bit <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and it probably would have been much better. And and it had a lot of impact. So again, like I said, if God is using it, then by all means, like yeah. Uh, yeah. definitely if, if you're a Christian who really wants to, and you haven't seen it and you really want to like get, an idea about like where kind of the theology comes from in that movie. It's a, it's an interesting watch. Yeah. It just, you got to make sure you remember that this is one explanation for how yeah. to reach the, the, 
they call it the loss, but how to reach the non believing community yeah. of the world, especially the college community, yeah. which is a little more volatile yeah. than uh, maybe portrayed in the film. Do you have any thoughts on God's not dead, Steven? Um, this is, this is really tough uh, because I feel like I'm going to be the only person that's incredibly negative about this. <laughs> I've been, I was more uh, graceful that, you know, I'm, I, I'm trying to be as graceful I'm, as I can. Be. I, I'm going to try to be incredibly graceful here, but I, um, I think the only part of the movie that really touches truth is um, or the gritty truth that's actually part of our world, in my opinion. Yeah, the reality is, is um, the scene where the Muslim girl is yeah. thrown out of her house. Yeah. Um, I thought that was very powerful. I thought most of her character arc worked very well i do like a lot of the uh discussions it brings up about censorship on campus and yeah um uh the points of view of um uh sort of this generalized uh intelligentsia that's uh that, that's part of um college campuses and stuff yeah. if you go to but, college i don't know if you know this steven but you should watch out because if you're in college right now you are smart like smarter than others. Oh yes, yeah. of course. Uh, you know everything. <laughs> <laughs> college, a few college classes in your belt, and then suddenly you're just like an expert. Yeah. So no, I just yeah. uh, sorry. Continue. I oh no, 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 no. You're fine. You're fine. Um. Uh. Overall, I mean, it's it's a fairly well shot movie and yeah. uh, well edited and such like that. But um, a big problem I'm gonna have with a lot of these movies going forward, just to play my full hand, is that um. I'm of the point of view that if you don't represent the world as it is, at least to some to some degree, it's it borders on lying. Um, And I feel like a lot of these Christian films view the world through a happy go lucky. It's a skewed filter. Yes, exactly. Exactly. But that you will be sad and a terrible person until you. Just accept Jesus, yeah. then you'll be happy, and you'll go to the Newsboys concert. Yes, and <laughs> and you'll text everybody that you know. Yeah, and uh, yeah. But but uh, having said that, it's a really good, um, and actually, a lot of these movies going forward are going to be really good examples of what exploitation film is nowadays. <laughs> you guys, are you guys uh, familiar with I'm exploitation familiar. films? Yeah. I'm in okay. a mo- I'm in a movie club with my friend, and uh, one of the main like things they want to show me is all these movies that nobody else wants to watch. <laughs> yes. And I have to yeah. suffer through them. But. I'm one of these people. Okay. Uh, but uh, it's, it's exploitation, but yeah. for a Christian, for a Christian audience, um, I think passion of the crisis may be one of the greatest exploitation films of all time. Right. To be we'll perfectly honest. And we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. Yeah. But um, cool. Yeah, like, uh, I just want to say on record, not that I'm uh, bashing what Stephen just said, but uh, a lot of exploitation films, if you look up exploitation, are very, very, very bad for Christians. Very different. So please don't go looking up uh, uh, Christians. (laughs) Would not recommend. We we don't recommend looking up exploitation movies. (laughs) That was just, but I I understand his point. And if you know what exploitation is, it's basically just pushing it to the furthest you know, that you can yeah. for the subject matter. Exploiting yeah. a particular audience. Yeah. 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 Okay. I think I get the gist of that. <laughs> All right. So what we recommend, I would say that I'm not sure. Yeah. But I would say that if you're interested in finding out about a different form of theology, check it out. Yeah. I don't know who I would recommend it to. 
<laughs> yeah, if I'm if I if I'm trying to show somebody like the truth about like what we what I truly believe about Christianity, I may not recommend. I would recommend it to a church that wants to show it to somebody and then offer like the alternative. <laughs> sure, I recommend it to moms. <laughs> All right, Zach. So let's get okay. into the uh, the Blue like jazz. This one's a big favorite. Blue like jazz. Yeah, well, and I look, actually very like it too. Yeah, it's very, very interesting like. movie because this is very much kind of the antithesis of like the pure flicks kind of movie. Um, so it's based on a book by Donald Miller and it's very loosely based on it because the book is not really a narrative story, um, has some like stories from his life in it, but there's also a lot of like, um, it's not so much a memoir, but like he does some theology and some thinking through things. Right. That's what blue like jazz is. Um, so they took some of the stories that he shares and they kind of turned it into a movie. And, um, the main character is Don Donald Miller, and he is growing up in this Southern Baptist, Texas kind of thing. Um, and he, uh, catches his mom getting these, you know, interesting little phone calls from the youth pastor of the church. His parents are divorced. He goes to see his atheist dad. His atheist dad is just this like hippie who like sits outside on Sunday morning and drinks beer and listens to jazz records. So he says, Don, you're going to go to Reed College. It's in Oregon. I'm going to send you these uh, jazz (laughs) records and you're just going to go. It's funny because I don't actually think that Blue Like Jazz is a pure flicks movie. It's not. But it is, like you said, the antithesis of what what they're trying to do. They're trying to be the edgy movie. They're trying to do the edgy thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So Reed College, very liberal, very hostile to Christians. Don kind of loses his faith for a little bit, but then dresses up like a astronaut and goes into a public yeah. bookstore. Yeah. He, mm-hmm. he drinks. Um, there's like drinking and cursing in this movie, which you would never see in a pure flicks movie, but that is real life, but it's more I'm, realistic in depiction. I'm not saying that we promote yeah. cussing and stuff, but yeah, um, it is exactly the depiction of something that mm-hmm. allows you to use it as a story device or right. a story element. Right. So, yeah. So that all gets depicted. Um, And so he kind of eventually like realizes that he's being a jerk. And this girl that he's interested in turns out she actually is a Christian. So he's like, oh, my gosh, like maybe I've been like thinking about this the wrong way. And that girl is in the show Lost. And she's also a little kid in Malcolm in the Middle. That's right. She's a good character actor. Oh, no, you're talking about the other girl. Oh, oh. about the lesbian Oh. She's a lesbian in Blue Like Jazz. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I thought okay. that was the main chick. Sorry, yeah. my bad. Now the blonde chick, Penny. Um, so yeah. Um, don't, so they do this thing where they. This is one of the things in the book, but isn't is necessarily one, the main yeah. thing. In the one book. of the things that's in the book is uh, they make like this confession booth, like yep. a Catholic style confession booth. They have people line up. And uh, you go into this confessional booth and instead of confessing your sin to a Christian, the Christian confesses like that they messed up and they apologize like, sorry that the church hurt you kind of thing. And in real life, it was like a very powerful which thing. I think which I think yeah. in the right situation and context, it can be very, very good On a college campus. Yeah. Yeah. For real. Um, so, yeah, that's basically I, the movie. I um, think that at the time when I saw that, my. I thought that was a very profound idea because I think the outlook on Christians for a long time now has been that they are very holier than thou and that yeah. they feel like they're better than everybody. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, so that's kind of what this movie is like reacting against. Um, it's not like super accurate to Donald Miller's real life. Yeah, really interesting. It's more that they created a yeah. character. Yeah. of based on it of very, some of the elements. Very of his loosely, book. Yeah. he talks about it in this other book that he wrote uh, called "A Million Miles in a Thousand Years." Away from Blue Like Jazz, the book's accuracy. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like in real life, Don didn't meet his father until like he was like way older, stuff like that. His mom didn't have an affair with the youth pastor. Right. That sort of thing. That was all just for the movie. But I, I think overall, it's a very good film. I do think it's it's interesting because it, like it ends very abruptly. <laughs> Yeah. 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 He's just in the booth with the weird cardinal like outfit. And then the friend comes in that's like his buddy and they just kind of. Yeah. Zoom out after that. Yeah. Well, it's like up to the very last second. He's still like a jerk. And like as soon as he gets it, he goes and he does this thing with the confession booth. And he's like, all right. And that's a (laughs) pretty short movie too, like a lot of indie movies are. But 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 I would say it's definitely a step in the right direction. Yeah, I think so. I think it's a little more genuine. I think so too. It is genuine. And like, I, I hate that some of the people that are church going and can't really look past like the cursing and the drinking for mm-hmm. the message that the movie talks about. So I talked about this with my friend, Dustin, who were, he, he's a friend that I play games with on the weekends and stuff. And I, I yeah. uh, work with him and I was explaining to him that the, the problem that I see the, the, what do you, uh, to use a, uh, a non-Christian like kind of terminology here, the logical fallacy <laughs> that I'm seeing is that the Bible contains a lot of death, violence, killing, blasphemy, yeah. sexual rituals. Uh, there's one. It's pre- not Hayes Code. It is definitely <laughs> not Hayes Code. And as a result of that. Um, when they made these movies in the fifties, they were like, well, this is what happened. We're just showing yeah. you the true thing. But then in, in modern time, as culture has evolved and it's become very almost like, um, um, what's the word faux pas even yeah. to, to you, to, to depict certain things. Um, then, you know, somehow that translates to the real world reality. And I just feel like it, yeah. it really diminishes the message you're trying to, to tell someone. Right. And, Blue Like Jazz isn't necessarily this grandiose idea or anything, but it is definitely a coming of age for a guy who may be in the same situation, who's who's rebelling against his family, goes to college, he may have problems with his faith, and then suddenly he has this kind of realization yeah. that maybe things aren't as cookie-cutter as he assumed. Um, another film I feel like very much parallels Blue Like Jazz is SLC Punk, but... Uh, I will, we will not get really it. from a Christian standpoint, no. but very similar coming of age. Like mm-hmm. I've got to come out of my angst. His, his outlook on the world is everything's anarchy. I'm a punk. This guy's uh, outlook is I'm rebelling and I'm just like mad. And I'm just going to go to read college. I'm mad about <laughs> church and yeah. everybody. I'm just going to be an atheist now. Yeah. Cause that's what's yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, what do you think as far as like biblically, like some of the things used, yeah. it is kind of thin on the Bible. I, I will say, like, I was thinking about it, and I was like, this doesn't really use, like, Bible verses mm. or anything like that. It's it more about situational lessons. Yeah, and it, it does it does do theology, and its theology is really, like, that God is, like, this huge mystery, mm. and he's way more, like, unfathomable than, like, 
your general Christians make him out to be. Isn't there a scene yeah. in it where uh, uh, two pastors or no, an atheist and a pastor like kind of debate and he's mm-hmm. like looking in the window and watching it. Yeah. There's a little bit of like the apologetics kind of comes into play there. Mm-hmm. So like one pastor is like, how can you prove that like love exists if you don't, you know, believe in God and it felt no. like a much more genuine conversation starter to me. Yeah. than What God's not dead. I think was maybe trying to do. Yeah. I mean, it, and God's not dead doesn't use much more scripture than blue like jazz. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, I like, like your note. You it, said it right? uses scripture. It uses scripture. <laughs> Very loose on that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the um, blue like jazz, I would recommend it. It's not a cheesy movie. Yeah, it is. It is funny. The characters have some layers to it. It's very indie kind of a movie. It's good. I think You'll I think like it's it. something I would recommend. I've seen I think it before. People even who aren't Christians would like it. I think so, too. Saying a lot. Yeah, I think so, too, which is maybe a step towards what we're kind of talking about, which is like, all right. So, Stephen, I know you mentioned some exploitation. Do you want to talk about the passion a little bit? Yeah, I'll talk about passion. Okay. Uh, so before I launch in by exploitation, just to clear everything up, I I mean, it's exploiting a specific audience. It has nothing to do with, you know, the fact that it's violent and stuff, but it is a violent movie. Incredibly violent. Um, Some people define the exploitation genre as violence or sexual or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. I, and, and they sometimes go hand in hand and this is, this is a case to that. Yeah. yeah, this mm-hmm. is a case where they do go hand in hand. There's a right. lot. There's a lot of yeah. violence. There even there's even at least pretty much close to nudity, if I remember right. Uh, I saw a that full wouldn't be version, biblically so. inaccurate. Yeah, <laughs> but whether yeah. or not you depict it, you know, I understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but uh, anyway, uh, Passion of the Christ. Um, it's the story of Jesus, uh, specifically his crucifixion. Um, Very it, specifically. <laughs> yes, I mean, there's um, if there's any negative oh there are negatives to this definitely uh <laughs> definitely in sure. some portrayals but one of the things that you know it kind of suffers from is not looking at the rest of the life of jesus much yeah, but yeah. it is called the passion of the christ and that's you know it's basically the crucifixion it's a very so, passionate movie in a lot of ways yeah, yeah mm-hmm. um i mean it is the passion of the christ and that's you know what the crucifixion is referred to. And so it makes sense that it mostly focuses solely on the crucifixion and the moments leading up to it. Um, really well shot. I actually think uh, Mel Gibson is a really, really talented director. Oh, yeah. I agree. Um, whoever I, is, whoever is DP is, is very good too. Like you said, very well yeah. shot lighting mm-hmm. apocalypto in the same way had, mm-hmm. had a lot of yeah. good lighting and coloring and, Mm-hmm. Sorry, and continue. uh oh no fine uh it's uh it's had a huge impact some of it positive some of it negative um yeah uh, it's a lot of controversy surrounding definitely it, a man. controversial film um but also and and also a movie that you don't really want to rewatch to be perfectly I've only honest. seen it once yeah I've and, only seen it once as well yeah and, and it's it's definitely an experience and it's not an enjoyable experience but it's not meant to be an enjoyable experience I think right. that if you were a person who loved Jesus and you were standing right there you wouldn't be enjoying yourself yeah exactly yeah, right? and I mean the movie really does bring you into that point of view several times I mean you feel as though you're it's watching very close. You, you feel as though you're watching the death of someone because it looks just about like they murdered Jim Caviezel. 
It's really, really close. I mean, I've heard a lot of people talk negatively about the movie, and there are some negative things to talk about. I mean, you guys have some good, some very good negative notes on here. Um, Overall, though, I think it's, in objective terms, probably the best movie we're going to talk about in this episode. I would Um, say that you're probably right. I would say you're probably right. Uh, but yeah, I, I like we, it, we but. could only pick five. And even yeah. as you saw in the first yeah. episode, that did take quite a while. Production value wise. Yeah, I would I would say I <laughs> would say that for, as far as like here's the thing. Um, uh, I've, I mentioned this the first episode. Uh, the greatest story ever told is a very cut and dry story of Jesus. Yeah. But as a result of being a cut and dry story of Jesus, it does feel a little dry. Yeah. Hmm. And it's not that I'm saying because it is straight up out of the Bible, but a story about as a film, it, it wasn't really offering anything new necessarily. Right, yeah. right. And so I get me, where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah. And me coming in watching it, I'm just like, yeah, I know all this. Yeah. But but at the same time, it's a double edged sword yeah. because the second you try and spice it up, it can it can yeah. very much push. And so what I think that maybe what the passion was doing, whether or not Mel Gibson's intention was to do this or not. I think what the passion was doing was bringing more passion to the story. And when I use the word passion, what I mean is like extreme, extreme, yeah, like pushing the limits of what the story is saying. Mm-hmm. He was brutally uh, tortured instead of just like whipped. Yeah. And yeah. He, uh, he was constantly stalked by Satan instead of Satan, just like, you know, tempting him. And so I think that they have added the elements to really like push certain elements of the story to the extreme. Now mm-hmm. I'm not, it's kind of like a, it's a callback to like the medieval depictions mm, of Jesus, certainly. you know? Yeah. Because yeah, you have those pictures and like Satan's got yeah. his little, that's what those hands were called. <laughs> they used to call them passion plays. Like mm-hmm. that was the thing that exactly. they put on in the middle. And I ages. think that when they yeah. use the word, the passion, yeah, like they now use that phrase, they're pointing to that. Yeah. Mm. And so, if that was his intention to depict it that way with extremeness, mm-hmm. then I think he did. Yeah. The, he did a good job doing that. Yeah. But the extreme to what she was tortured, I know it was a huge issue for people. Yeah. Uh, and I, from what I read online, there was quite a bit of walking out. There was yeah. quite a bit of like the first weekend, yeah. maybe like, I don't know how many thousands of maybe. So millions. I thought, I thought that this was really funny when I was in high school, we, were able to take a field trip to the theater. Yeah. And you could see any movie you wanted to, but the passion was out. And if you wanted to see it, you had to get a permission slip signed. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. And I remember, um, one of the teachers on the school bus was like kind of joking around with us. And he was like, well, any of you guys who see the passion, don't tell me the ending. Don't spoil it for me. <laughs> and I said, I said, I think the book was better. <laughs> I like the book a lot more. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so what, yeah. what, what I guess I'm, I'm referring to as far as extreme stuff. And, and I know Steven, you can, you can kind of fill in the gaps a little bit on that, but uh, like things like obviously in the Bible, they don't necessarily follow Satan along as Satan, you know, mm-hmm. uh, he's like sneaking around and yeah. there's like a evil baby held by like an evil woman. And that's like part of what Satan is. And then there's like a bald guy. Um, what's funny is Voldemort, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what's funny is, is, is it kind of feels like 
again, what they're doing is is making a very extreme, like I'd almost call it like a Shakespearean epic version of the yeah. of the crucifixion, where they have like people creeping around in the background, they have like <laughs> flames coming up, and it's really just the story of you know. Yeah. So I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think, and I I'm not Catholic, so I can't put this full point of view forward. But it okay. seems like a very Catholic point of view. Sure. Um, I and mean, Catholics tend to do that. They yes. When you see like a crucifix in the Catholic Church, it has Jesus still on it, whereas mm-hmm. in a Protestant church, it'll have an empty cross. And and in terms yeah. of like filmmaking, uh, getting aside sort of to that, I mean, if you look at a lot of the major Catholic filmmakers, they are much more vividly visual. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, think about uh, think about, for instance, John Ford, really vividly visual in the visuals that he puts forward yeah. in his westerns. It's the same thing, or, but done that's with That's an violence. interesting thought, because like um, in the medieval era, people went to church and you didn't even understand the language that was being spoken because mm-hmm. the Catholic Church would speak in Latin. Nobody spoke Latin. Sure. And so you didn't believe by hearing the scripture, like understanding mm-hmm. you believed by seeing yeah. what happened. So mm-hmm. you saw the priest and, and you saw the things that the priest did. And what you're describing also kind of yeah. falls into those other visual movies, like um, what dreams may come and stuff like a Certainly. lot of the Dante's Inferno mm-hmm. kind of like depictions. And, and I think you're right. I think that, I think that another big puzzle piece and why this was so controversial was because of Mel Gibson's, uh, controversy over his possible anti-Semitic uh, views. Mm-hmm. And uh, some people thought that that was depicted a lot in this movie, like that the Jews were just these evil. They did kind of like, they did kind of make Pilate pretty sympathetic mm-hmm. in the Romans as kind of like just doing their job. I'm going <laughs> to say something maybe controversial because I do agree with that. But yeah. at the same time, I do think that Pilate could have done things a lot differently in the story yeah. of the crucifixion. I think that he could have just condemned him right away. Yeah. I think that Pilate was in some ways very conflicted, but mm-hmm. in it, the it end, he did his duty. In the end, he did his duty and he said, I washed my hands of this it was kind of a cop out. Mm-hmm. But I think that the fact that he they make that point of saying, like, oh, I washed my hands of this is him being like, like, don't blame me for this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like almost as if his small combo with Jesus made him like question whether or not he was doing the right thing. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. that's and that's just me going a little further than the scripture allows. But I could see I could even see that if somebody wanted to make that a direction for a movie that wouldn't necessarily skate outside the realm of possibility for what actually happened, but it would be kind of like inferring more than what was there. Right. Yeah. But, but what we've been talking about in the past is like stuff that, you know, like Jesus Christ superstar is just like, <laughs> that's not what's going on right now. That's going to be a touchstone for the rest of this. <laughs> Hold just... on. Do you guys know this scene? It's different Pontius pilot scene. One, he's like so yeah so in terms of in terms of that verse jesus christ superstar versus this like steven was saying i think that it's a lot closer yeah definitely a step in the right direction and again i gotta say that you know it's interesting but again it's also very it's hard to get through. It's, it, it's a hard watch, and it's not something, frankly, that, you know, I own the DVD. 
I own it uh, on a full screen DVD, so I want to get wow. rid of that. But uh want to get rid of that. That's but, like my uh, Phantom Menace DVDs, <laughs> full screen for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah let's let's skip on full screen. It's a horrible thing. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, in, in terms of just, you know, I own it. I don't think I'll ever watch it again. Yeah. But I want to own it. It's that weird and thing. That makes, you, uh, that makes sense. I understand. Are you old enough to have seen it in the theater, Steven? I'm old enough to have, but I did not. Okay. Gotcha. Um, at, like, I was, for instance, I was fairly, we were in, much, an we adult. were in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 2004. See, right. Yeah. See, I, I remember seeing scenes from it. They played some scenes in church uh, yeah. in, in my small, very conservative church I used to go to. Uh, and then um, I remember I bought it uh, when, when I bought the DVD. I tried to get my parents to watch it with me. And my dad said, uh, my dad said, I'm not going to watch it. It's not English. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, oh, you know. the a, a anti-subs reader, huh? Uh, yeah. I mean, no, I understand. Many people are. Yeah, they uh, are. but that, but, is, that is a thing. But he doesn't watch anime yeah. correctly, then, right? <laughs> uh, he doesn't watch anime at all. I uh, used to be an anti subs reader <laughs> until I found out one of. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I I used to be like that until I uh, there's like a show that I really like. It's a boxing show called Hajime no Ippo, and they only had the first season in English and the rest mm-hmm. in Japanese. Mm-hmm. And when I got to the Japanese part, I was like, dude, this is messing with me. Like, I can't watch it now. So instead of continually watching, I went back and watched the first season again, but with Japanese with the subtitles to get used to it. Start over. Mm-hmm. And by season two, I was full force okay. into it. Yeah. So yeah. I think people need to give subs a chance. Like Apocalypto is another example of an amazing movie, but you do have to read a lot of subtitles. Yeah, sure. Um, also by Mel uh, Gibson. Mel Gibson. Yeah. 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 So. One of my problems with the passion is okay. it does not emphasize the resurrection. It That's kind of true. points the you said on your notes here, which I agree with. It very much points the figure on all the bad stuff that happens to him. Yeah, it's yeah. it's the crucifixion. The crucifixion is important, just as I mean, we believe both are equally important. Right. But um, yeah, like there, I I seem to remember. Am I remembering this right? There's like one like little scene at the end where he like gets up, but it does not really make a big deal out of it. Yeah, it's almost like the equivalent of like a Marvel pro- post credit sequence. I well, think in I think in the wiki it actually um, I would call it an Easter egg. <laughs> <if I know laughs> that. Yeah. To 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 be as fair as I can, I mean, in my opinion, when they do show that scene and it is very brief, it yeah. really does. It feels like less than a Marvel post credits. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's, it's the one bit of like breath of fresh air. I think you get, and it's the most bright shot that they have in virtually yeah. the whole movie um, to be on, to be fair to it. However, I do get where you're coming from. They do not emphasize it. They were thinking about a, making a sequel. Yeah. Uh, which of course is acts. And, you know, I've always thought that Acts was an incredibly interesting book, but I've that heard be, some people say like, "Oh, not much happens." No, that quite would a be lot such happens. a crazy movie. A lot happens. So, I what part it. of Acts? It can't. It couldn't be just one movie. Oh no, there's it, so much. Yeah, it's and I think Acts would be a really, really fantastic movie to make. But there'd nobody's be so made much. It yet. There'd be so much tension because of like all the persecution that happens. Oh um, yeah. yeah, I have I have a lot of like fun ideas for like Christian movies that would be interesting. But uh, what I was gonna say is a. Uh, the the movie Risen, which uh-huh. we've talked about last yeah. time, which I we can't cover 
th- this time, but I like I said, we're going to do some more in the future. Risen is like a less well-known one, but it has the actor who played Martin Luther in the movie Luther, I think. Mm-hmm. Very, very good guy. Uh, and so here's the thing. In Risen, he follows, after the crucifixion, he follows Jesus and the disciples for the day. And watches hmm. him ascend and then hangs out with the disciples like for like a little after thing after that. Interesting. So it totally goes through the whole thing, mm-hmm. which is very different than what I'd seen before in other movies. Like you said, it's always like like kind of how in the Ten Commandments at the end, he walks up to the hill and it's like the promised land and they're finally yeah. going and they're all like super old. But you never, you know, because the Bible is one continuous story and I understand that. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus in the same way, they're like, oh, OK, we'll just show that he like got back up and then that's it. Like in the wiki I just read about Jesus, uh, the Passion of the Christ, it just goes, he rose from the tomb and clearly you could see holes in his palms. That's like how the, yeah. how yeah. the description That's, ends. It's like a close-up shot. Yeah. yeah. And then you're just like, oh, okay. Yeah. But but there's more that goes on, you know. And yeah. so I guess maybe for filmmakers they think like this is a good stopping point. But I would like to see more movies depict the exact rise, the – the um. What is it? The uh, uh, the the people who witnessed him after the, the, yeah. Mar- the Marys and and the disciples yeah. coming and, and and just the happy he celebration. And he, he goes and he sees like Peter on the Conf- boat and he convinces people yeah that he is really Jesus. Uh, 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 who is it? Uh, what's the song we sing? Mary, why do you cry? Yeah, right. Yeah, and so like I would love to see that more depicted. Yeah, Certainly. I think so too. So what about Woodlawn? Well, first, do we recommend this movie? Oh yeah. I would recommend it if you've not seen it once. Yeah. Yes. See uh, it once. See it once. Um, if you want to see it rated R, uh, do that maybe a second time, but no more than that. There you go. Okay, okay. so Woodlawn. I know you guys may be less familiar. I've with not it. seen Woodlawn. This me. is probably my... F- I'm a little bit familiar with the story. This is... Yeah, because we... Well, we went through that in church a little bit. Remember yeah. when we had the guy come from Woodlawn? Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah. So... um. Uh, I will say this. I know you guys may not have seen it, um, but uh, Woodlawn is the true story of a 1970s college football, well, not college, uh, high school football. Um, It's like Remember the Titans. I wrote college, but it's actually high school. Yeah, Yeah, in a lot of ways, it is like Remember the Titans, but this is Remember the Titans with Jesus involved and it is yeah. true account. So I'll just, to, to sum up the story, it does have some famous actors in it. One of them is Sean Astin, who is very, very good in it. Nice. Um, yeah. And Sean Astin, I not love that guy. His character yeah. is yeah. so, so good. John Voight is also in it. He's a, he's a great actor a coach, but um, I will say this, the movie centers around the 1970s, and the race rioting and race wars that were happening at the time. And Alabama, the state in particular, was very, very, very brutal in their prejudice. And at one point, and in the beginning of the film, it kind of talks about what's going on in Alabama. Yeah. It gives you kind of like a slideshow of some of the speakers. It talks about how Alabama was called Alabama <laughs> for a while, which is funny, you know. But uh, essentially, uh, you get this picture that there is this unrest and it's really rough. So then the football program gets suddenly integrated 
So a different school gets integrated into this school and they become one football program. And as an addition to the football program, like just regular students are going to school there. I believe it was 500 African-American students integrated into an all white school. In the heart of like a racial war. Yeah, yeah. And the Black Panther Party is a part of this story. And there is terrible racist people that are a part of the story. And um, at the very beginning of the movie, you get the idea that it's going to be kind of that same feel of um, of uh, um, Remember, like the, Remember Titans, the Titans. But the coach is clueless and has really no way to really well he's, he's very not he's dry. not denzel washington no he's not denzel washington by far yeah. he's very dry his character that he plays is very accurate like it's good portrayal but his character just he's just like let's just win we can mm-hmm. unite into winning and they're all like yeah about each other then sean Aston's character shows up and he is he says i'm not a coach i'm not a guy i'm simply just a guy who thinks i i if i can i should be given a little bit of time with your team I just want to talk to him about something. And the coach is like, absolutely not. No way. Uh, you know, and then Sean Essen says, have you heard of this? And he puts like a Times Magazine down and says like the Jesus Revolution or something on it. Hmm. And he's like, I don't got time for this. Blah, 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 blah. We got games to win. We got practice. And so Sean Essen pleads and pleads and pleads with the coach, keeps pestering him until eventually the coach says, fine, you have five minutes after the practice is done and you can like make them stay late, you know, mm-hmm. you know basically give some like a crappy situation. And then the coach, when he's locking up at the end of the night, comes into the gymnasium where Sean Aston has been speaking. And he actually stuck around for like an hour talking to these kids. And you get the tail end of his speech that the coach hears. And it's basically him saying, make a decision to unite under Jesus. And I know that you're all hurt. I know that you're all suffering, but make a decision to unite under Jesus. And he says, who wants to do that right now? And then one by one, each kid comes down and like makes a prayer circle around him, black and white students or African-American and white students. I'm sorry if that's uh, uh, offensive. Um, but uh, he, he has them get in a circle and they pray. And then from then on, it's this movement that takes over the entire school that breaks yeah. down hate, breaks down uh, barriers of, uh, of old tradition. And then the coach who is a total naysayer eventually is like, what's this miracle? I need to have this miracle. And he ends up going to the, to the church of like the hotshot, like fast kid. And so, uh, and when they get there, it's very gospel heavy and it has this, uh, revival and like kind of spiritual theme to it. And when the coach gets there, he's immediately like, like wrapped up in the spirit and they baptize him. It's very, very powerful and very, very good. And it also isn't cookie cutter. There is like bad stuff in the movie. There's, I think there's some swearing. I think there's definitely some violence. There's some bombings and shootings. There's people getting killed. It's a pure flicks movie too. It's a pure flicks movie. So they might've stepped up their game in three years or so because that that movie, I think is maybe 2015 or 16. Yeah. It's more recent. Um, But at the same time, I mean, it's, it's depicting what actually happened. I think that, I think because it has regular music in it. It's not one of those like, let's play like the whole track is Christian music. Yeah. Like they have Sweet Home Alabama and stuff playing in it, you know, stuff like that. So it's very relatable to outside Christian audiences yeah. too. If you just like a good 
like encouraging sports movie, but man, that message is very hard to ignore. Yeah, yeah. So be careful, atheist. If you want to stay an atheist, don't see Woodlong because it may <laughs> do something to you. Uh, but in my opinion, it's probably one of the best modern Christian movies I've seen. And and so here you go, Pure Flix. I'm not trashing all of your movies or anything, um, but uh, please give it a watch. I can't say more than that, but yeah. it's just very, very good. Awesome. So you recommend it. Absolutely, I recommend cool. it. I know you guys haven't really taken a like a like a chance to 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 maybe check this one out. Yeah, but, I definitely will. Um, um, but the other implication about this movie is that at the same time in the seventies, there were some famous like events that happened, and one of them was that the character who pl- John Voight plays is like a college coach, and he brings a team of completely integrated college team to play against them at the very beginning of the movie and yeah. he loses and his team's all white. And then he makes a point of going to the locker room of the opposing team and telling them, he's like, I hate to lose, but <laughs> you know, I, I also, I, I can appreciate a team that I uh, give a lot of respect to when he goes and shakes the hand of the quarterback yeah. who's African American and, and, it, that kind of sets the tone for the movie. Oh, nice. So it's a lot of cool stuff that's, that's happening good. at the time yeah. in the 70s. It's very, very good. Uh, that's all I can say about it. You guys should definitely check it out. Sounds Colin awesome. Recommends. The last one is our big long okay. one. I wanted to make sure we had time to talk about this, but we do. Is, Let's do it. It is the Roland Emmerich knockoff <laughs> left behind. <laughs> it's a cheesy Chuck Norris action movie without Chuck Norris. It's. <laughs> Listen, have you ever Independence Day without the aliens? All right. Remember a time when every scene needed text at the bottom of the screen describing what time of day and what location it was (laughs) using tight, like using computer tech sound effects like 1600 Washington. Yeah. If you're the sci-fi channel, it's still that time. (laughs) Yes. That never went away. Um, And so, okay, Yeah. Who's who's going to open up the floor on this one? Okay. Steven, you haven't described a, mu- a movie yet in these new ones, I don't think. Oh, oh yeah. No, you did The Passion. It's okay. Keep going. Okay. Okay. He's our guest. Yeah, yes. yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, so, um... Do you have notes Kurt, on this one? <laughs> yeah, I, I have plenty of notes. I have at least... How many pages is this? I have <laughs> Three like, pages? I have He's like got two a and a half pages. notebook full. I've got like two and a half Me and Zach pages. will just chime in when we get to. Did you watch it too today, Zach? <laughs> yes, I did. Okay. It is on. We all Prime got refreshed. I had, I had seen it before when I was a kid. We all refreshed ourselves. Yeah. Today. Uh-huh. It's, it's on Prime for free if you haven't seen it. But it's, you know, it's uh, Kirk Cameron. We're talking about the Kirk Cameron one. I actually have not seen the Nicolas Cage one. I've seen a little bit of it. I'll tell you. I don't like it as much as the Kirk Cameron one. Really? I, I love Nicolas Cage, but man, he's doing some stinkers lately. Uh... In, in terms of uh, in this one, I mean, it's Kirk Cameron. He's a reporter, um, starts reporting on uh, this worldwide food crisis. Am I right about that? A worldwide it's, food crisis? It's like in there. Yeah. In Israel, they had developed a special way to like grow food in the desert. They sort of make a setting yeah. that implies that food shortage is a constant issue, which yeah. it is, yes. I know, but yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, and, and, you know, so he's interviewing this guy and all of a sudden all these bombs start striking <laughs> Israel 
and um, everything was make it there until the Fire Nation attacks. <laughs> but then they don't. Oh man, uh, <laughs> they don't. They don't quite make the bombings happen because they blow up before they get there, right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so God gets them. All the yeah, yeah. all that's happening. Um, <laughs> a strange blow. old man appears and uh, speaks. Uh, what prophet. we think is English, yeah. and then it's like Aramaic or something or like that, Hebrew or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, does it matter? Um, and then, <laughs> wait, dude, that's a cool story plot that later when he reviews his footage, yeah. it's only in the OG language. Wait, enhance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That's another fun thing of this time. Don't you remember that technology was, uh, advanced so advanced back then that if you had a like three twenty P video that you could yeah. enhance and then it would make the resolution better as you zoomed in. Yeah, right. Have you guys, this is a quick tangent. Have you guys seen Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island? They no. do that in that movie. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. there's so many movies that do it. Like, uh, um, for example, um, I think it's probably the worst one that I've ever seen is in Blade Runner. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Ford spends like a half an hour just like scanning and like enhancing this like security yeah. camera. <laughs> well, the, uh, a classic um, <laughs> uh, Family Matters episode. Uh, <laughs> he goes, if you look at the security footage, you can reveal his face in the mirror. The true robber. It like yeah. zooms in. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, I digress. Continue. <laughs> Great Jaleel White impression. Um, I can't really do a very good. You have to have a high spe- uh, speech voice. Uh, but anyway, uh, I don't know what else I can say about the plot, except that all of a sudden people start disappearing. It's the rapture and mm-hmm. all that stuff happens. And we have a lot of cookie cutter type of characters, but also some that actually do have some depth to them. Yeah. But but the performances, despite the Over depth. The top. Yeah, kind of. Again, it's that Roland Emmerich like time. Yes. So. yes. Uh, it's it's um, <laughs> it's an interesting movie. I think I actually did message Zach and I was like, there's so much to talk about here. There's so much. There's we'll, a lot. And yeah. we'll we'll do as much as we can before it gets too late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the first note I have on here is what's with all these Christian movies and their self-indulgent voiceovers? We covered that one. <laughs> yes, we talked about that. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a world where it's modern day and it's the world and you're living <laughs> in it, something is about to happen that you're about to see on screen. But just wait, because as soon as I get done talking, you'll have a chance to look at it. But first, let me tell you that this is a movie you're really going to enjoy. <laughs> now, enjoy. <laughs> That's two minutes of your life. You won't get back. Uh, I, th- I think I kind of summed up some of this in like no worse or better acting than your average canon to Chuck's action film, except for Cameron. He's actually not bad at all, taken as an action adventure hero. Can we, do we like Kirk Cameron in terms I like of Kirk Cameron? I like Kirk Cameron a lot. Um, I would say that the Brad Johnson guy who plays the pilot, he does a he does a better job being a jerky guy than he does being a Christian guy. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah. yeah, he's more convincing as a jerky guy, but it's only because I think he dials in a lot of the like rhetoric. Yeah, it's hard to explain what I mean by that, but yeah, yeah. essentially he's just like kind of spitting it out, but he's not really like adding weight to it. Whereas I think Cameron in like a lot of the confliction that he has throughout the movie kind of comes through a little bit better. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He it's definitely like through his perspective. I actually have either of you read the book or any of the books? No, I have not. I read a few of them when I was a kid. <laughs> I actually did like 
a book report on Left Behind. Oh, fun. <laughs> yeah. And I remember, um, I, like, the school project that I had was you were supposed to make, like, a soundtrack for if there's a movie. Yeah. The movie wasn't out yet, so I put, like... Um, it's the end of the world as we know it like <laughs> yeah. on there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jersey party team. No, I'm yeah. Yeah. I don't know the words. Do yeah. you remember the, uh, uh, the captain of the little like puddle jumper plane? That's, uh, that's Oh, the one who's, t- he's, he's trying to get uh, yeah. people to yeah. buy his plane ride. Do we not love him for some yeah, reason? He's, he's hilarious. Fantastic. Yeah. He's got like a little small part, but he's very funny though. Um, I, I have a note about him just that he's awesome. Uh, <laughs> I have a, sh- I have something about a pre nine 11 New York shot. That's a uh, really oh, yeah. evocative. It yeah. is. It is interesting that like we have an end of the world, like end times thing coming out before nine 11. Yeah. Nine 11 was really when a lot of that stuff <laughs> really went crazy, but we had already had like a healthy dose of left behind leading up to that. So, sure. There's uh, and I think, I we think don't need to get thought, into people thought the world was ending when um, 9-11 happened. Certainly. We don't we don't yeah. need to get into like really, really like deep like theory yeah. on some of these 9-11 things. But apparently there is uh, you should look this up if you're ever interested. But apparently there is like a lot of like weird hint things in other movies that were like in the last 10 years leading up to 9-11. Hmm. Oh, there's a lot. Yeah, there was like this. Somebody put together a thing and I was looking at it in like. Terminator two has yeah. like a weird part where it says like nine 11 on like a, like a bridge and, yeah. and, and, and just th- certain things like that. And I wonder if, uh, if people have ever thought about the implication yeah. of, um, left behind anyway, continue. Uh, let's see. I'm just really going down my nose. Dude, I'm just, I'm going to commentate on what you say yeah. and we'll uh, just go through it. Uh, I got one that has a thousand O's in Ooh, Kirk be drinking a brew. <laughs> uh, because nobody drinks in Christian movies anymore. Right, that's another that's, thing that's good about. Yeah. They uh, well, and I got to say there's other things in that movie too that aren't typically like I mean Antichrist straight up like shoots two people. Yeah, yeah. he does, yeah. That guy's really good as an actor too, I think. I, I think so yeah. as well. Yeah. I'm I'm wondering if he's actually uh uh from the uh Europe European uh country he's representing or yeah. if he's putting on an accent because at times I couldn't tell, but I think that his dramatic acting is good regardless. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I think so too. Have we seen the rest of these movies, by the way? Have you I, seen the rest of I have only seen parts of the second one that my wife watched. They only made, the they one. only made a second one. Did they, they made three. A there, there was a third one. There's it's called one. world at war or something or war of the world. Or okay. Something. It's got Lewis That's, Gossett Jr. In it. Oh, okay. So that doesn't parallel with the third book, but mm. the second movie parallels with the second book. I think. They might have just so tried to like smash the rest of them else. in. <laughs> they might have. They might have. Yeah. I uh, assumed that the rest of the movies were going to be about the seven years, but I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like biblically, the seven yeah. years of that's the- kind of what it gets into in the books. Like there's more. Yeah. The third book is called Nikolai, and so it like reveals more of like the backstory of so the Antichrist. That, that and that's yeah. another example of a modern book. We uh, sorry, a yeah. modern movie we could watch and then do another episode on. Of yeah. course. Yeah. Sure. But you you've read. Yeah. Some of the books. So, yeah. uh, so tell me, like, are they good? I mean, I would have to go back and read them again. I liked them as a 14 year old. Okay. So, okay. I mean, and, and they made like Left Behind for teens too. And uh, I didn't read those, I just read the actual books because they're it's not like they were hard books or anything. Um, 
Yeah, I just I I remember more so than the movie or the books. I just remember the cultural impact. Oh, yeah, that's, that's it was. That's everywhere. one of the reasons we're talking yeah. about the ones we're talking yeah. about. A lot of the ones we've mentioned in this first episode and this new one are, are the one about new movies. Is all of the the most impacting ones we felt yeah. that were impacting at the time they came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So like, Rapture became like the default. All of a sudden. And, and that was just that's one an interesting thing to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like I didn't realize this at the time, but like rapture theology is just like one interpretation. Absolutely. Of mm-hmm. some scriptures that are like really hard to like interpret. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and, and I would say that rapture maybe is somewhat Catholicism and then somewhat like modern day twist. Actually, it comes from the 1800s. Mm. It comes from like revivalist kind of like charismatic. Oh, okay. Um, so like it was in Ireland and this revival that came out of Ireland and they have this view of scripture called dispensationalism, which basically just means that like, like God was doing something then and he's doing something different now. So like dispensationalists might think that like whatever is said in the old Testament just applies to Israel at the time. And sure. then like now we just have to follow the new Testament, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so they are taking some things like they're doing like very wooden um, interpretation. Of I scripture. didn't know that. No, yeah. I just meant uh, Catholicism in the realm that we have like a lot of depictions of like people floating off to heaven being like carried by like angels All right. and stuff. I don't know if Catholics that believe in rapture. I don't think they do. I'm not sure. Yeah. It I, seems um, to be a fundamentalist thing. To that's me a fundamentalist. A that's more I mean, new school. I, yeah. I grew up kind of believing in the rapture. I'm not entirely sure that I don't believe in it now, but yeah, I mean, there's... And that's fine. And, that's uh, that's yeah, not and, yeah. something that's, like, super important to our walk with, with yes, Christ exactly. as far as understanding what some people that think it is. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean... I, I think yeah. that it, it really comes down to... One thing that Jake, our f- pastor friend who's been a guest on the podcast, one of the things that he once said to me was, you know, uh, I think he made an argument that said, like, it almost seems like we're just waiting around, like we don't have any work to do anymore, like we're just waiting, and that maybe it's it's led us to kind of not want to do. You're talking about like some of the implications of like yeah. believing in a rapture. Yeah. But I that's think, the only, that's as yeah. far as I would say would be like a detriment. I think to even believing if, or not believing, yeah, even if you, we, none of us know. Um, even if you think maybe the rapture is a possibility, you don't want to think that like you were made just to wait around to right. be taken exactly. up to heaven. Like you have a purpose on earth. Mm-hmm. Right. And, yeah, and so that's like, an important part of Christianity. And yeah. so like a different, a different person might say something like, well, we're, we're trying to prepare the, the new earth for like Jesus's arrival. And that uh, maybe there is like this thing of that the earth will be remade and we'll stay Most here. of the scriptures that talk about like meeting Jesus in the air and stuff, or actually if you read the whole context, it's more about Jesus coming to earth. We're going to meet him in the air because we're coming down together. Right. So, but yeah. rapture is a talk for maybe another mm-hmm. time. Yeah. But, uh, but I yeah, definitely love but to listen to that. it was interesting how it became the everywhere. Theology. It was like the theology. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, I do have a note here. That's like, I don't know how much of the political end of this movie makes sense with the scripture. Yeah. Uh, uh. And I I mean, it's it's always kind of been depicted that way. I mean, you go back to like some of the and I don't recommend these except mm-hmm. maybe the first one, but the Omen movies or mm. something like that. Oh, where, Omen. Yeah, okay. Where, you know, the Antichrist is rising through politics and all of a sudden he's Sam Neill. 
and just <laughs> stuff like that. It's but, always the UN. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, right? well, um, I will say that I have a friend. Uh, we've had a, him on the podcast named Jason. Um, he has a lot. He 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 studies the uh, Reve- revelation specifically, yeah. mm-hmm. and he has a lot of um, interesting theories and like cool discussion type things about like what that would look like yeah. in modern day. And for him, I think it's just like a like a very big topic of interest for him yeah. because he likes being prepared in, in in certain ways. And so he has some interesting things. And I think for him, he sees he sees a lot of those elements coming out in like government and things because that's how we deal with things now. So I think that as far as like I think as far as like the the movie goes, um, left behind. I think that's just like one way it might happen, but it all, but like what Steven was saying, there are elements that they seem to be throwing in that are just like, Oh, well it said seven years for the antichrist. So seven years is like this peace treaty thing. And so they're kind of trying yeah. to like morph it into, to mm. kind of fit in the box of yeah. that current time of the government. And it, you know, it's funny because like down the road, I'm sure politics will be like very different and we'll have even different ideas of like mm. what the antichrist right. is going to look like. Certainly, but, but I will say, rewatched it. Not a bad movie. Not, not a bad, bad movie. movie. I'm going to say I'm a broadcasting major. Yeah. Not a bad movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't, and not a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, my thing is, like, I, I just, I, I remember maybe watching it when I was like a long time ago, and then hearing a lot of people like, oh, gosh, those movies are trash, right? And I was like, oh, here we go. I'm going to watch this like goofy, like crappy movie. And as I watched it, I was like, you know what? It feels more like, you know what it felt like in terms of like quality? Mm-hmm. It felt like one of those Stephen King directed mini movies. It is very Stephen King, isn't it? Oh, it yeah. feel it felt a little like that in like style. The stand. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Jessica yeah. once showed me there's a shining that is like Stephen for King TV. shining yeah, made for TV. It's directed by uh, Mick Garris, who did a lot of those Stephen King yeah. adaptations, or, but written by Stephen King. Or, or yeah. like the one with the guy who turns into a cat and his mom's like the cat or, you know, what I'm talking about the cat people. I'm trying to remember the name of that one, but like, no. oh, oh, uh, sleepwalkers, sleepwalkers. There's Thank a lot you. of weird oh, incestuous. Stuff. Well, I, yeah, well, let's not get into it, but I'm just saying the style because those are ones that are like oh, lesser yeah. well-known directors yeah. during like the, the Langoliers. I always used to watch the Langoliers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so taking into account the fact that it is a Christian movie made with a relatively Small budget, budget compared to some Hollywood movies of the time. Like The Matrix came out, I think, in the year 2000. Yeah, it, it did. And so if you compare those two, clearly they're not the same. But Although I will say, I watched The Matrix again recently. It does not hold up as well as you think it does. You don't think so? If you watch The Matrix now, you're like, oh my gosh, this is so, this is the 2000s. Like, like this is the year 2000. The flip phone that he some, says. Yeah. <laughs> it's at the end of the alley. Room oh, the three. fact that they're all gothic and stuff. Yeah, I know. Very industrial goth <laughs> oh, yeah. style. Well, um, so, okay. Yeah. What do you guys think? I would recommend it. <laughs> Definitely. At the very bottom, it's a guilty pleasure, but it's, yep. it's yeah. a pleasure, you know? Yeah. And you get to see Rebecca St. James as a teenage girl fall in love with Kurt Cameron, sort of. Yeah. yeah. You're not really sure at the end of the first one, but you kind of feel the implication that maybe there is a thing. It happens in the book. Wow. No. <laughs> Spoilers. Spoilers. I haven't seen the second <laughs> one. Okay, guys. That was a lot of fun. Um, two-parter. Awesome. We've, we've culminated the two episodes. A lot of good movie talk. Gotta love it. Yeah. Steven, 
you are a fountain of uh, broadcasting knowledge, and we're happy to have you on. Oh, thank you. You actually Andrew. used more terminology than we did. <laughs> thank you, sir. But yeah. it might just be uh, me trying to make up for the fact that I uh, was not a film or broadcast. No, see, and that's the thing, it. too, is like a lot it of people. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, for us, really, it was to help us understand what we enjoyed, but not. Mm-hmm. But it didn't turn us into like overtly intellectual type people or anything. We just now know why movies are good more than we did in the past. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so uh, thank you for listening. Uh, Please check us out on any of our places that we have our podcast. We're all over the place. Like I like left behind in the, it's all over, man. It's just all over the place everywhere. Uh, That story is all over the place. I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's, it's pretty good. And then, um, you know, uh, please leave a comment, leave a like, uh, please get in touch with us through any of the social media outlets we're a part of. That's right. You can check out our Patreon. Please Thanks do. so much, guys. We will see you next time. Peace.